Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of School Matters. I'm your host, David Mustin, Director of Communications with the Dearborn Public Schools. We want to thank everybody for joining us today. We've got a really important discussion and topic to talk about, something that uh, has kind of been out in the, in the media, kind of part of a national discussion, and that is uh, books in schools, books uh, selection in schools. And so I brought on a couple of experts here to join me today to talk a little bit about this. Joining me is Dr. Ross Groover. Ross, how are you? Hi, David. Glad to be here with you today. Great. Thanks, Ross. Uh, Ross, and just for so everyone knows, your title here with the district, a uh, little bit of background. I know you've been in Dearborn for quite a while. Uh, my title right now is kind of a long title. It's <laughs> K-12 Consultant for Curriculum and Professional Development, which also includes some oversight of our district media centers. Um, I have been an elementary principal in Dearborn before that as well. Great. Well, thank you, Ross, for taking some time to be with us. Also joining us, joining us today is uh, Adam Martin. Adam, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, David. Great. And Adam, your title and a little background of uh, your time here in Dearborn. Uh, yeah. So my official title is Executive Director of Student Achievement. Uh, I'm in charge of the Fordson Feeder and really all things high school programming. Um, and then also work with uh, Dr. Groover and support her and her work. Uh, prior to this role, I was the principal at Dearborn High School uh, up until last November. And I appreciate you calling us both experts, although I would say um, <laughs> I can speak for myself, but that, that I am not. <laughs> well, all right. We'll just say you guys are very knowledgeable <laughs> yes. and uh, we appreciate you being here and talking with us today. So as I mentioned, you know, there is currently this, this kind of national discussion going on about uh, reading materials. And so we thought it might be appropriate just to spend a little time and talk about that process here in the Dearborn Public Schools, uh, starting off in our media centers. First, just taking a look at how we select books. I, I believe we have uh, over 300,000 books in our collection, over 500, well, over 500,000 books, over 300,000 different titles. And that's a Obviously, that has been accumulated over the years, and so there has to be a process in place to select those books to, you know, because we always get new media, uh, books come out of date, and maybe just because they've been in the library since, you know, the 1940s or 50s and may not be relevant or may have information that has changed, you know, science changes all the time, and concepts, I remember that I always use this example, like, you know, when I grew up and went to school and there were actually dinosaurs walking the earth uh, when I went to school, uh, there were different, you know, we don't call dinosaurs the same thing anymore because we learn new things about them. And so I'm sure that would impact reading materials. That's just one of many things that impact reading materials in our media centers in that selection process. So, Ross, maybe you can talk to us a little bit about how we go about doing that and selecting those books. Of course. First, I'd like to talk about you know, why we have books. Um, we certainly want to make sure that we have a broad collection of books in our media centers because our students use them for information, for research, um, just for reference materials. But then we also want to foster that love of reading and have that be an enjoyable experience for all of our students so that they really develop that lifelong love of reading. Um, you know, it's recreational for many of our students as well, and we want to make sure that 
that we're providing that opportunity. I also just want to do one minor correction to something you said, David, which is what we have just under 500,000 books. <laughs> I believe we have 493,000 total books right. in our media centers right now. I am not going to go and count each book and uh, <laughs> dispute you on that. I'll, I'm going to go with that, Ross. I'm going to trust you on that one. And we have, what, about 300,000 different titles, right? That's correct. Over okay. 300, closer to 400,000 different titles in our books. Okay. So as far as how we select books to purchase and add to our collections, our school media specialists are really the experts at that. They have training, they have a master's degree in library science, and they select books in collaboration with other media specialists in the district in the district. So um, we have um, elementary and secondary media specialists. And what they do is they put together lists. They ask teachers in the buildings. They get um, referrals from students, sometimes parents, for books that they would like to see added to the media specialist. And then they um, put together these lists. They discuss them with the media specialists at the same level. And then they ultimately submit their lists and they're approved by, um, right now, me um, at the district level before they're sent on and being purchased. And in selecting, you know, if they get some recommendations and they're looking at, you know, five, six, ten different books, um, are there resources they use that may help them review those books? Sure. One of the first things that comes out is when a book is published, the publisher recommends an age um, group for that for that material. Um so whether or not it's age appropriate. So we are looking at, you know, the relevancy of a book. We're looking at the readability, the educational significance. Um, but we're also looking at that age appropriate category um, when we're selecting books. And so we start with the publisher's recommended age group when it's released. Um, and then we also look at reviews of books um, to look at um whether that is a good age group, um, there's lots of reviews of books. Um, one of the ones that we use, for instance, is the school library journal, because that those are specifically geared towards books for students, um, which of course is our audience as well. Um, so we have um, some other reviews that we have access to, um, Kirkus, Booklist, Publishers Weekly, Common Sense Media. Um, those are just some of them, and we always look to make sure that we agree um, with the that they agree with the accuracy of the publisher's recommendations as well. Um, if there is any disagreement, again, that's a discussion um, with uh, in collaboration with other media specialists in the district. So, really, this isn't done in a vacuum. This is a process that uh, involves some collaboration between our staff. Sure, exactly. I mean, there are some books that. Um, are, consti are considered um, adult books at this point because To Kill a Mockingbird, for instance, is a good one. It's considered a, um, an adult book because all of this wasn't in place when we purchased that, right? So um, if there's any doubt, though, we actually get a copy of the book, look through the book. We can't do that with 493,000 books uh, necessarily. But there's other books such as Tom Clancy novels that um, appeal to older um high school students that really are, are they're, they're rated for adult books, so we have to pay them special attention. But again, we look at the reviews and look at lots of data before they're selected for, the, um, for inclusion in our media centers. 
Well, that's great. I mean, we obviously, like you said, I mean, we want to foster that 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 interest in reading and, and for all students at all age levels. Uh, we know how important reading is to the development of, of children, especially at the, at the early age and mm-hmm. when they're in, when they're very little. Um, so let's just kind of jump right into kind of the discussions that have been taking place now across the country. And, and that is there may be a time uh, where a citizen, a teacher, a student may have a concern about the appropriateness of a book, whether it be the age appropriateness, the content of the book. Um, is there a process in place? And what is that process look like uh, for, in Dearborn to review that book if, one of the, if a concern is brought forward? Well, we always welcome parents to bring forth that concern because with almost 500,000 books, we cannot physically touch every book in our in our media centers. Um, we do use a weeding process um, to hopefully help us identify books that might not meet our, our, our standards when they come in. Um, but books still may escape sure. <laughs> through that process. And so we ask a parent or staff member or student, for that matter, if there is a concern about a book, to please bring it to the principal or the media specialist at their school so that we can we can look at that book. We can pull the reviews. We can physically examine that book. Um, we The media specialist can talk to other media uh, specialists about that particular book. And then we can we can make a decision. Uh, about whether it does meet our standards or not. So that process begins at the school level, whether it's elementary, middle, high school, whatever it is, if there is a concern, that process would begin at the school level. Absolutely. That's correct. Okay. And so then at that point, um, if the book is determined, yeah, the parent, citizen, teacher, you know, student, yeah, this, yeah, they have legitimate concern. Yeah, we agree. This book probably isn't appropriate or maybe the content is wrong or there's something about it and it's not something that we want in our library. So there, that would kind of be an end to it. However, if they, if they did do the review and the book seemed perfectly fine to be in our system, what options would a parent have at that point? Well, I want to emphasize that Dearborn always honors a parental right to choose for their student um, in many different areas, and this is no exception. There is a parent opt-out form that parents could fill out to opt their child from being able to check out that book um, through one of our media centers, and that uh, form is available to all parents at that point. And Ross and David, can I interrupt here too, just to double back on kind of that initial review process and David, you spoke a little bit about from a national perspective, you know, there being kind of a light on it. And I think one of the benefits has been for the media specialists and Dr. Groover and myself to be able to uh, revisit our process that was already in place um, and do that collaboratively. And David, you said something earlier about media specialists making decisions in a vacuum or in isolation. That's not what we want to do, right? And we want to support having uh, books in our libraries that are appropriate for all of our students. Um, but we want to be able to be making that decision as a group, right, in terms of purchasing, weeding, and then also reviewing. And one of the benefits has been sitting down and really talking about what is inappropriate for in our library um, and talking about, you know, 
those books that contain graphic or gratuitous violence, sexual content, hate speech that doesn't have literary purpose, like those are really the books that we're looking to identify and remove from our libraries. And, you know, from that definition, being able to do that with a group is a lot easier than doing it and having the, the singular responsibility. So just wanted to hop back to that initial review process. It wouldn't be just one media specialist of whatever library it would be. It would be a group at that level, either elementary or secondary, all looking at the age appropriateness, um, the reviews of it, and then looking within laying that against the definition or kind of is it is there literary value or is there not literary value in some of the aspects of the book? Well, I think what I think pointing out the fact that um, some clear definitions of terms, uh, because we all know that sometimes this could be very subjective. Right. Uh, and so having some very clear definitions, I think, helps in determining as we, you know, go work through that process. Yeah. And even with a clear definition, um, having multiple people being able to weigh in is another piece that we wanted to ensure that we put in um, to ensure that we're making uh, really sound uh, decisions regarding uh, what we have in our libraries. Great. Thank, thank, thank you, Adam. That's a great point to bring up. Um, I also um, want to reemphasize that point that Ross brought up that parents have always and continue to have that option. Um, there are several there. It happens in other curriculum, too, in the district where parents can opt their child out of certain courses. Um, and this is no different. If there is a, uh, some kind of book that parents did not want their children to check out, they have that option. That is their right as a parent. Absolutely. Yep. And we support so, them there. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then so uh, kind of moving along then uh, to that final step, as we were talking about, if, uh, if is there is there another step beyond the school level step uh, in reviewing a book? Yes, there is. Okay. Um, a parent could also choose to, to fill out a form called the book reconsideration. Um, form, which would mean that that book would be reviewed by a committee of people. Um, so it would not be just a local review at that time. The local review has happened and found that um, the media specialists feel like this is an appropriate book, but the parent wants further review of the book, I guess I should say. And so we have had this process for a long time, um, but um, we really, as Adam said, had an opportunity to sit down and uh, be um, very deliberate and think through how this could work and spell out the specifics of, of, this, um, of this committee. And so um, we have the form, as I mentioned, um, and then we talked about how the um, committee should be formed. And so we have some specifics about, you know, parents and community members, um, teachers, administrators, um, social workers, school psychologists, media specialists, and even a high school student could be uh, a member of this committee. And that committee would would take their time, read the entire book, um, because that's books, important. That, that is, is important. That is really important. Yes. Um, so that would be a commitment from anybody who was serving on the committee. And then that committee would get together and discuss the book in person in a room and um, and talk about it and then come to a decision about how that book should be handled from that point forward, um, whether it should be removed from access for all students or whether it can 
should remain on the step on the shelves and then only be accessed by um, students whose parents have not filled out the opt-out form at that point. Great. So many different options and and definitely a lot uh, a process in place, process that always has been in place. Just as Adam said, this gave us a really a good opportunity to kind of review that process, tighten it up a bit, make sure that there is stakeholder engagement uh, when needed at that point. Uh, but also, again, always with the goal of making sure that our col- our collection of books is something that is there for all students and can engage students at all levels uh, with all different interests and a variety of topics and subject matter as well. Yeah. And David, I would say as we were looking through the book reconsideration process, uh, the process that we had, and then kind of revisiting, you know, looking at what other districts are doing, looking at what the American Libraries Association was doing. So our process is pretty aligned with what um, the American, the ALA um, kind of directs you to do and a lot of the districts here locally. So we feel pretty confident um, number one, having media specialists working as a group, not in isolation, having a standard including age and, um, you know, a definition of, of what is and what isn't appropriate. And then being able to include community members, you know, different stakeholders in terms of, hey, let's all read this and review it. And at any point, a parent being able to say, hey, I, I'm uncomfortable with this text and ensuring that it's not in their child's hands. Uh, we feel pretty confident with that process in, in terms of its entirety and thoroughness and leaning that against um, some of the legal um, precedents that have been set uh, previously in this country in terms of books and, and libraries and what you can and can't do. So um, looking forward to, to implementing it and standing with parents in terms of um, how do we best support you with what we're providing them in our media centers. Excellent. That was a great summary. Great summary, Adam. (laughs) See, I told you. That's why we had you guys here, Ross and Adam. You guys have that knowledge and uh, have that expertise uh, in this area. Anything else that you uh, felt we maybe didn't cover, wanted to talk about a little bit? I'm good. Okay. <laughs> I think we're good. Yeah. Okay. See that? Well, that's why I had you guys here because I knew you'd cover it all and and do a great job of doing that. Well, and uh, and you did. So uh, I want to thank both of you for uh, taking a little bit of time and and sharing that knowledge with us and sharing uh, some of that information. I I I know that our listeners will find it very valuable, and I think it, this will now become a resource for people to. If they have questions about this process, they can tune into this podcast and get that information that they need. So thank you, guys. Thank you, David. It's our pleasure. Thanks, David. All righty. And I want to thank everybody for taking a few minutes to listen today to School Matters. We are here uh, on your favorite podcasting uh, platforms, so you can always uh, grab a podcast. We have many planned for this school year And uh, we look forward to sharing all the great news and all the information about the Dearborn Public Schools.